All right, I've been gone for a couple of weeks. I've had some stuff to do. I haven't been on vacation, but I'm back. And we are off to episode five and week seven of the NFL. This is The Butcher, and you are listening to The Butcher's Cut. All right, I've missed a couple of weeks, but uh, we'll go ahead and start this, this episode off with Michigan State. So... They are still undefeated. Uh, last week they played against Indiana. Did not look like the greatest Michigan State team we've ever seen. Did not look like they were a 7-0 and team, but they still pulled out a win, and that's all that matters. A uh, week before that, they actually looked pretty fantastic, but the real test will be when they face undefeated Michigan here the night before Halloween. So we'll see how that goes. All right, we just finished week six in the NFL, and there were some upsets. Some oh, there have been upsets the last couple of weeks. There have been some high-scoring games. We'll touch on a few of them, but I've decided that this podcast is going to focus a little bit more on the Lions, considering the fact that they uh, mean a little more to me than the rest of the teams in the NFL. So, But we'll go ahead and touch on some of the games that – We've witnessed last week. Bucks beat the Eagles on Thursday night. No surprise there. Jaguars and the Dolphins went to overtime, and unfortunately for the Dolphins, they ended up losing by, to a field goal. Packers beat the Bears. No surprise there. Uh, Colts absolutely obliterated the Texans. After that first week for the Texans, I don't know what happened because they are now 1-5. And they are not looking like that team they were in week one. So uh, I have no idea what's going on there. Uh, the Rams on the flip side are 5-1. and one. So Matthew Stafford got traded to a team that fit him very well. They won 38-11 to 11 over the Giants. I mean, in all fairness, it is the Giants. They haven't done very well the last couple seasons. They are currently 1-5. But they're still doing better than the Lions who uh, got destroyed by the Bengals 34-11. to The Chiefs routed the Washington Redskins 31-13. to The Vikings beat the Panthers 34-28. to Ravens demolished the Chargers in a surprising fashion, 34-6. Uh, Justin Herbert's been on fire pretty much all season up to this point, and they... Made him look like a rookie again. Well, a rookie without any experience, let's put it that way. Uh, Cardinals demolished the Browns 37-14, to 14, but that's going to happen when you one of your starting running backs is out for about three to four weeks and your backup running back gets injured in the fourth quarter and is taken out. So, I mean, if you don't have a run game, especially against the Cardinals, it's, it's going to hurt you big time. Baker Mayfield did not have – his current weapons, especially uh, his running backs, to help him out there. So they're going to be hurting for a little while because uh, Kareem Hunt is going to be on injured reserve for at least three to four weeks. Nick Chubb is looking pretty rough, too. He's out for probably at least another week. Uh, the Raiders end up beating the Broncos 34-24 to in that division matchup. Cowboys... Actually put it to the Patriots the first time in a while. I've seen the Patriots two and four, but I'm not mad about it. Uh, the Steelers 
pulled out a win against the Seahawks in overtime, 23-20. to That one was a little bit surprising until I remembered that Russell Wilson is injured and out for at least three to four weeks at the minimum, I believe. And uh, Gene, with Geno Smith filling in for him, uh, I wouldn't look for any big wins for the Seahawks. Sorry, Seahawks fans, but we all saw what Geno Smith did in New York for the Jets, so I don't have high hopes for you guys. And then Monday Night Football with the Titans and the Bills, and that was a, it was a great matchup. Titans ended up pulling out a win, 34-31, to 31, but... That was uh, that was a good game on Monday night. All right, let's jump over to fantasy football real quick. So if your team looks anything like mine, you've been hurt pretty bad over the last couple of weeks with some injuries. And quite a few in people being put on injured reserve. I know some of my defensive players have been hit hard. Uh, I had a receiver get put on injury reserve. Kareem Hunt got put on injury reserve for me, but that's, I mean, it's not even my team. I know there's other teams out there that are losing running backs and wide receivers, and there's tight ends out. I mean, it's, the injuries are just, I feel like the injuries are so much worse over the last couple weeks than they have been in the last couple years. It seems like every year the injuries are insane. But we will go ahead and talk about the current scoring leaders right now. Maybe there'll be a surprise in there. All right. So coming up for as of week six, we got... CC or CD, sorry, CD Lamb, which is a uh, wide receiver for Cowboys. If you, if he's available in your league, I'd pick him up. He looks like he's starting to become a favorite target for Dak Prescott. Derrick Henry, uh, if he's available in your league, then I have no idea what's going on. There's no way this guy should be available in any league. Uh, same with Cooper Cup. He is formed that wide receiver quarterback duo bond with Matthew Stafford. I mean, we're looking at. If this guy was any taller, we'd be looking at the white boy version of Megatron back when Stafford played for the Lions. This, Stafford loves this guy. He's going to hit him all the time. Uh, Leonard Fournette is picking up pace at, for Tampa Bay at running back position. If he's available in your league, I'd pick him up, especially if you're hurting at the running back position. And Adam Thielen was uh, number five spot this week for Minnesota. With 29 points, I mean, that's that's not bad for him, especially since Minnesota hasn't looked the greatest this season. But uh, Jalen Waddle for Miami is another solid wide receiver. He picked up another 29 points. Indianapolis finally is looking fairly well. With Jonathan Taylor, their running back, he's uh, he backed down some points this week. And then Josh Allen, I mean, it's – it's Josh Allen. He's a up and great up and coming quarterback for Buffalo. And if he, if this kid's available, then I'd snatch him up real quick. But I would I doubt very much he is. And then to round off the list, we got Kirk Cousins. This is actually one of the few weeks this season that he's looked pretty good. I wouldn't go solid QB number one with him lately, just because 
he hasn't looked fantastic, but he has his moments. So if your backup quarterback isn't great or you've got your main quarterback on by coming up this week, it wouldn't be a bad option to look into Kirk Cousins. All right, moving right along. <clears throat> Sorry, moving right along. Let's go ahead and talk about what I really want to talk about, the Lions. Now, yeah, I'm aware that they are 0-6, and it does suck. But with the exception of the game versus the Bengals, we have been in it almost every single game. Well, I guess not the Packers game, too. But the Ravens game, we lost to a, a last-second lucky field goal, and I'm calling it lucky. I don't care what you call it, but you kick a 65-yarder that bounces off the crossbar. That's To me, that's lucky. Bears, we could have played a lot better. Vikings, I mean, coming back at the last second to, to take the lead, 17-16, to 16, with 35 seconds left to go in the game, and then the Vikings magically getting into field goal position to win the game. It's heartbreak. It sucks. But... It's nothing that us Lions fans haven't dealt with before. We've seen stuff like this before, and it sucks. It hate, I hate the fact that we have to get used to this kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's almost like we're cursed like the Cubs or we're cursed like the Red Sox. I mean, it's. I just hope it doesn't last 50 to 100 years like those curses. I'd like to see this curse be done with this year. Well, maybe not this year, but next year. Because at this rate, we're going to end up with another number one draft pick. I would preferably like it to be that because we only got one or two wins and not the first team to go 0-17, but at this rate, that might be another wonderful thing that we make history for. We're the first to go 0-16, might be the first to go 0-17. I hope not, though. All right, so let's talk about the fact that the Lions, like every other team, are plagued by injury. Lost Ragnow, we lost Cephas, which really sucks because we didn't have any sort of wide receiver core to begin with. Uh, this kid was an emerging star, at least in my eyes. Uh, he's a second-year guy, and they drafted him last year. And he's he's had moments where he just looks fantastic. Is he going to be the next Golden Tate or the next Marvin Jones? I don't know, but he has the opportunity to do that. Well, he had the opportunity before he got injured. He's on injury reserve, and by some miracle, if the Lions are able to swing this season around and make it to the playoffs, he'll be back for the first playoff game. I don't see that happening, but I would love some sort of surprise like that. Uh, I do realize, if anybody's been watching the the uh, press conferences after the game, what we got with our coach, Dan Campbell. And there's a lot of people that were, that applauded him for crying after the loss to the Vikings. I mean, I don't have anything against the guy for that. He's, he was emotional. It was an emotional game. They, they brought it down to the wire. I mean, we were getting our butts kicked the entire game and they come back score a touchdown, and a two-point conversion to take the lead. I mean, he, they could have easily kicked the field goal and tied it up, 
we still probably would have lost considering the fact that the Vikings just went right down there and kicked a field goal anyways. However, Dan Campbell decided to be the hero and go for two. I mean, when you're 0-5, or well, at that point it was 0-4, when you're 0-4 and you keep getting gut punched, it's might as well. Might as well go for it. You got nothing to lose right now. It's your first first season as a head coach, and you're just going to try and give it your all when you're already – on rock, at rock bottom, so might as well try for try for a miracle, and they had it. I mean, they, they got this two-point conversion to go ahead, and then they lost at the end. Unfortunately, it's one of those things where we've seen, us Lions fans have seen this happen too many times, and we just can't get excited, or we can't get too excited, because I knew there were still 30 sec- 30-something seconds left, and anything, anything can happen when it's a game against the Lions. And then you get to the week versus the Bengals, and we we looked like the train, instead of it just moving at a slow pace, just completely derailed. I mean, there was no offense. There was no defense. We couldn't stop anybody. Nobody could catch the ball. No, we couldn't get the running game working. We couldn't. Nobody could block. Jerry Goff got sacked at least three times that I saw. I mean, it was... It was ridiculous. And a lot of people are calling out Dan Campbell for calling out Goff at the end of the game. But, I mean, you got to look at it one of two ways. So, was he wrong to do that? Because it's for Jared Goff's first year in with Detroit. I mean, it's technically a rebuilding year. They're, they're working on trying to get a system down and get a whole new coaching staff. Dan Campbell, is it's his first year as a head coach. Yeah, he maybe was a little bit rough on the guy, but at the same time, I kind of applaud him because there's no coaches in the league right now that that do that. Because I feel like they're not holding people accountable, and that's part of the problem. Yes, Jared Goff came in here with a whole new system, a whole new coaching scheme, and it's his first year in Detroit. He's used to playing in L.A. He's used to playing under... Uh, McVeigh, he's used to doing all this stuff in another city with another plan, different protection, different wide receiving core, different running backs. I mean, it was a better sister system for him then. He flourished. However, this guy's got the experience. He's got uh, three years under his belt. He knows what he's doing. It's not like it's his first season in the NFL. He's got he's, – He's got the ability to get teams a win. Problem is, is I just don't know if he has the right amount of weapons to get it done. Does he need to step up a little bit and be a little bit more of a leader? Yeah. He's he's made some questionable throws. He's made questionable calls on the field where he should have thrown the ball away and he took a sack. Now, some of them have been bad luck because – He's had a few fumbles that were not his fault. But I think the problem is that we've seen Matt Stafford in Detroit for the last 12 years. And with the exception of his first year, Stafford has stepped up and been a leader week in and week out with all the the losing and the comeback wins and, and all the crap that 
the Lions have dealt with each season that Stafford was with us. And I mean, he was, in all fairness, Stafford was the heart of the Lions team for the last 12 years. I mean, everybody focused on him. Everybody was, everybody supported him. I mean, the receivers, the linemen, even the defensive players, they all had mad respect for Matthew Stafford. And then he gets traded. Now, part of it I know is he was upset with the way things were going. They couldn't get it. couldn't get a playoff win. I mean, he couldn't get a winning season really. And so I'd get frustrated too. I'd get frustrated with all the, the losses and all the bogus penalties and all the injuries. And so, I mean, he moved on to a different, different city, different team. So then Jared Goff comes in and he's got to try and try and find this leadership role. He's got to try and find a connection with his receivers. He's got to find a connection with his running backs to block for him, to be right there when he's handing the ball off. He's got to find a connection with his linemen. So they're blocking for him. Basically Jared Goff has big shoes to fill. Well, I think he'll be able to do it. Yeah, I mean, with a little bit of time, if he gets a little bit of help, but that's also what they're talking about, too, is there's a lot of people out there. Well, I say a lot of people. There's a lot of analysts in the NFL and on ESPN that think that the Lions are going to make a trade for a wide receiver. And they've listed a couple random wide receivers that are young guys from different teams. Most of them I've never heard of. I mean, that doesn't mean anything, though. I'm not – I don't work for ESPN. I'm not a college scout. I'm not an NFL scout. I'm not – uh, an NFL analyst. So yeah, there's wide receivers out there that I may never have heard of that are good. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. In all fairness, I feel like they should go for a young guy that's a fairly big name right now. But the problem is, is what do we have to trade? There's no point in trading away one of the first round picks that we got for Goff. We're going to need them come next season and the season after that. I mean, we need to get weapons of our own, but it wouldn't hurt to figure out some sort of trade right now for some kind of wide receiver or even, you know what, even another tight end to help compensate TJ Hawkinson. I'd be okay with that. We need another, we need another threat that Jared Goff can throw to. That's the problem. But moving on from that, I don't want it to sound like I'm just doing nothing but bash Jared Goff because I would like to see this guy succeed. I mean, he is a good quarterback. He's just got to find his rhythm and his chemistry with his team. He needs weapons to do it, but the first thing he needs to do is establish a leadership with his, with his guys. I mean, you don't have a leadership role when it comes to your, especially with your linemen. I mean, your linemen are important. important. Your linemen, they block for you. They protect you every day. So he's got to find that relationship with them. He's got to find that relationship with his running backs, and I think he'll – Hopefully he'll be able to do that sooner rather than later. And I know a lot of people are nervous, especially after what Coach Dan Campbell said in that press conference uh, and into L.A. since we are going to L.A. for this next game. It's going to be Goff against his old team. And right now, I mean, the, the L.A. Rams, they look pretty awesome with Stafford behind the wheel. So, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be an emotional game. I mean, you're talking Stafford versus, well, most of his old Lions. I mean, it's not the same coaching staff that he went up against, and it's not going to, half the guys are brand new. 
but it's still the same foundation that drafted him, and it's still the same team that had him for the last 12 years. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. As far as Jared Goff, I mean, this is a chance to prove prove himself in L.A. against L.A. that they made a mistake trading him. So, I mean, I would love love to see the first win against – our first win of the season be against the L.A. Rams. That would be phenomenal. But at this point, I'll settle for them to stay sticking with them the entire game. And that comes down to – Jamal Williams playing as hard as uh, DeAndre Swift playing as hard as Hawkinson getting open. That's another problem with our wide receivers is they're running the routes, but it doesn't matter if you're covered the whole time. Break off from the route. You got to get open. If Goff can't find anybody, there's no point in you running that same route. Get open. Just find a spot to go. And the linemen got to give Goff that chance. I mean, they got to give him the protection that he needs so he can actually make a play on the on the field. It's there's a lot of work left to be done in Detroit. And while I think Goff needs to take the reins as the leader, it's up to everybody to step up because we have nobody stepping up right now. Yeah, we've had good plays on defense. Yeah, we've had a few good plays on offense. I mean, we've had games where we've, we've come back. We have that that spark, the brief moment of a spark where we look awesome. But the problem is we see it either in the first quarter, in the last two minutes of the first quarter, or we see it in the last two minutes of the half, or we see in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. I mean, this is something we need to see throughout the entire game. I don't want to spark. I want a full-on wildfire. I mean, I want to see these guys dominate people. And like I said in one of the earlier episodes, I'm sure that this is not going to happen this season. I'm sure we're going to have to wait to see it next season when we've done a little bit more rebuilding, we've done a little bit more draft potential, when we were able to pick up more weapons in the offseason. But they've got to start. The key is starting with the rebuild this season. You build up the chemistry this season. You build up those relationships to where when we get into the offseason, everybody's like, who are the playoff contenders? Who are the Super Bowl contenders? And they sit there and they look at the Lions in the corner and they're like, these guys were scary. Like, if we didn't know what their record was, we would swear they be, should be in the playoffs right now. But thanks to crappy penalties, lucky plays, and just all-around bad luck on our part, we're 0-6. Can we change that? I sure hope so. But at this rate, I'll settle for a 500 season. So... All right, moving on from the Lions, I've I've had my say. Let's go ahead and roll back into fantasy football. Let's talk about some possible sleepers or possible pickups this week. So with Nick Chubb still being out and Kareem Hunt being on injury reserve, you're hurting for a running back. Darnus Johnson is going to be the starting running back for Cleveland tomorrow night on Thursday. Uh, if you don't want to trust that, Rashad Penny is coming back off IR this week for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they still have Chris, their lead running back, Chris Carson, is still on IR, and their backup, Alex Collins, who was their starting running back, has uh, hip and glute injuries after Sunday night's loss. 
So if you're really hurting for a running back, he might be worth a pickup. Um, if Donovan Peoples-Jones is available in your league, I would pick him up. He looked pretty good against or pretty good this last Sunday for Cleveland, even though they didn't do very well. I mean, he's still a wide receiver, and with them hurting with their at the running back position, doesn't hurt to pick up the wide receiver options. Uh, if you are looking for a quarterback, I would look at Miami's quarterback, uh, Tua Tagalovia. Oh, well, he may be getting traded, looks like. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Uh, they may, Deshaun Watson might be getting traded to Miami. So, neither Deshaun Watson or Tua, I mean, they're both, they go, both can be solid pickups if you need a quarterback. I would hope at this point you don't need a quarterback because there haven't been too many getting injured. But I have no idea what your, what your league is looking like. So, uh, Christian Kirk is still a good, solid pickup for Arizona. Sterling Shepard is a good pickup right now for the Giants, especially with Kenny Galladay being injured. And then, I mean, that's, there's not much, unfortunately, right now, unless you have a, uh, small, small teams in your league. There's, there's not a lot of good pickups worth people worth picking up in the fantasy football right now, at least in my league, it's slim picking. So, but at this rate, I would do exactly what I do. And that's just pay attention to the injuries, pay attention to the articles that get written around about the people, pay attention to what their past uh, scoring points have been for or the past, past amount of points have been for their, the last couple of weeks and what they're projected and you never know. I mean, you may come up with a good sleeper. I picked up the Bears backup running back on a whim and the Washington tight end on a whim because the tight ends I had sucked and my running backs were getting hurt. And the uh, tight end got me like 15 or 16 points and the running back got me over 20 points. So, I mean, it. you never know. It's anything's possible. So, Keep your eyes and your ears open when it comes to doing fantasy football, and you never know. You might be able to find a sleeper out there, at least for the week you're, you need them. Because now with bye weeks coming out, it's going to be rough for some of us. All right, finishing off the episode this week, we're going to go ahead and start a new segment called The Butcher's Pick. That's where I'm going to go through the games, and I'll pick... Five random game or five games that I think could be the most interesting to watch. Some of them may be upsets and uh, some may not. And I will go ahead and give you my pick on them. So we're going to go ahead and start off with the Broncos and the Browns on Thursday night. While the Broncos haven't looked spectacular this year and the Browns have come off looking pretty good, most of the time they're both still three and three. So. I'm not sure who's supposed to win this one, but with the injuries, I would, injury plagued Browns, I would imagine the Broncos are projected to win. But I'm going to go ahead and say the Browns redeem themselves and they uh, they take it to Denver this week. So I'm going to give this one to the Browns. 
coming up Sunday. We're going to take the Chiefs and the Titans game. While I don't think it's going to be an upset for the Titans to beat the Chiefs, I do think this is going to be one of those games that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I mean, you're going to have Derrick Henry running all over people, smashing heads. You're going to have Patrick Mahomes uh, hitting Travis Kelsey and Tyree Hill. And, yeah, it's going to be uh, – I think it's going to be a good high-scoring game there. Uh, I say – no, let's do the, the Ravens and the Bengals. This is uh, – Division matchup. I say the Ravens are going to get this one against the Bengals. The Ravens have been rolling right along despite all their injuries. So, all right, that's three out of five. We'll go ahead and talk about. Let's go the Colts and the Niners. After the way the Colts looked last week. You know what, this might be an upset, but I'm going to give this one to the Colts. I think they got a chance. I think they uh, they finally may have found their rhythm. So I'll give this one to the Colts. And to finish the night out, or finish the pick out, just because I'm a Lions fan and I... I want to see them do well. I don't think the Lions... You know what? Flat out, let's just do it this way. The Rams are great. Lions have been having trouble. But the thing with the Lions, they make horrible teams look fantastic. And they win games that they shouldn't. So this is a game where the Lions win when they shouldn't. Yes, the Rams are 5-1. and one, The Lions are 0-6. The Lions should go in there and get slaughtered because they have not looked fantastic. But with our luck, Jared Goff has now got a fire lit under his ass. The Lions are going to go in there roaring, and they're either going to put up a ton of points, and they're going to stick with the Rams the whole game, and we're going to squeak out a win, and it'll be our first win, and they'll shock everybody, or we're going to get demolished. I hope that we ended up winning and I'm going to put my, I'm going to go ahead and say that'll be an upset. The lions beat the Rams, but, and I could be wrong. I'm probably going to be wrong, but I'm still going to hold out hope there. They're still my lions and I still will root for them no matter what. So we'll see how it goes. So if the lions do beat the Rams, whoever's listening, you heard it here first. There's one person at least believes that the Lions can upset the team like the Rams. If not, then you can just call me crazy. But that does it for this episode of The Butcher's Cut. This is The Butcher. Good luck in fantasy football, everyone, and good luck rooting on your teams, and I will talk to you next week.